You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book that you can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club Podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because we failed to pull the sword from the stone and thus are resigned to remaining mere peasants. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined Speak as always... Speak for yourself. <laughs> my name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Benedict, the Sultan of Swing's cousin, the Shah of Square Dance. Benedict, <laughs> what's your favorite sausage-type Food, Ooh. food um, form. I don't. I don't know what to call that exactly. But well, you know. so like, are we including like corn dogs and like like gross meat in a sausage shape? Is I think. The... I think. Yeah. I think the shape is more of what I was getting at because I think I wanted to encompass like hot dogs and sausages gotcha. of all types. But you all know, the sandwiches, not like patties things. or loose sausage. I'm talking, gotcha, you know, gotcha. the shape, things that can go on a bun. Uh huh. Um, okay, so. Like a, a bratwurst mm-hmm. sandwich, great stuff, uh, or hot whatever you want to call it. Bratwurst on a pretzel bun, whatever. Ooh, on a let's, pretzel let's not, bun. Let's be let's honest. Not get into the whole uh, sausage. The bun. Uh, hot dog we're not going to get sandwich. into that debate. We're not going to get into that debate. But That's I will okay. say the bun for me has a whole lot to do with how good the sausage actually tastes. Yeah, if you're on a crappy yeah. white bread bun, that works nah. for some things. That works for a hot dog. But if yeah, you're going with like a bratwurst or a good sausage you paid a little bit more for, you got to have a quality bun with maybe some, uh, not sesame, maybe some, you know, that little cornstarch dusting on the top and that little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah a little yeah, bit of that. You, uh, you got to have that you. quality there. You got to so have it. So that, that's, that's up there. I think elsewhere in my top three would probably be uh, bangers and mash, bringing that British energy. Okay. Is it, okay well, um, what is the mash? Is that the beans? No, it's, it's like, it's just mashed potatoes. Okay. Isn't that a breakfast thing? What bang- mashed potatoes? Bangers and mash? No. Okay. No, I don't a, know why I assumed a, that was a breakfast thing. No, it's like <laughs> it's like sausage, but like good sausage, and then like um, mashed potato, and then normally like like an onion and or cider brown gravy. Mm-hmm. It's good. Okay, I can get it's down good. with that. I can definitely. Get yeah, down it's with good. That. I we we, we uh, next time you're here, we'll make you some. All right. It's good. We have a we have a good recipe, and then the other thing, which is like uh, another British thing, but it's like the kind of thing that you'd get at like a, I guess like a Wawa here or something like you know, like when they have like the heated things and they have like the the just like grab and go stuff that's yes. hot. Yes. So huge like, fan, huge fan. Yeah, yeah. So a sausage roll. I don't know if you know what that is, or if our <laughs> listeners know what that is, but it's like uh, it's like the sausage 
without it's like sausage the casing. wrapped up in pastry, you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I know what you're it doesn't about. it doesn't have the casing. The casing is replaced by the pastry. So exactly. it's still the form of a sausage, but it's replaced by this like flaky, delicious, buttery pastry. And it's so good. <laughs> and it's so bad for you. <laughs> it's like here is the fattiest meat in the world. Oh, did you and expect we to get something healthy from a gas station? <laughs> <laughs> no. So in the UK there's this thing called Greg's, um, which is like a there are you know how we do like meat pastries there mm-hmm. there yep, are meat there because you're really weird there are there are quick serve restaurant meat pastry specialists <laughs> essentially I, I think i remember a couple years ago a whole controversy and maybe it was related to brexit about no, the difficulty the vegan of getting sausage roll. they okay, they, yeah, they yeah, did the a vegan roll. sausage yeah, roll yeah that's yeah, what it was yeah, yeah. the vegan sausage and roll and then people were like you can't do a <laughs> vegan sausage roll and then the people were like you can and it's delicious <laughs> Sausage is mostly about like weird stuff that you don't want to know it is filled with spices, right? That's what sausages are. Exactly. Yeah. So, it, like, if it has it the shape of a sausage and has the spices of a sausage, then to me, that's a sausage. It doesn't matter if it's vegan or not. Yep. Yep. I remember that controversy now. I, I yep. remember it. But I interrupted your there story you about it. No, that's it. Okay. That's it. That's, okay. It's, it's just a. It's roll. just a great. Uh, Great Greg's. It, it's a British tradition, is the the Greg sausage okay. roll. All right, that has now right. branched into the vegan sausage roll. And I but have, now I want to hear your sausage shape. Well, I'm I, I'm, I'm also a bratwurst guy, but I will go. Okay, I okay. go for the Johnsonville bratwurst, which is an American okay. tradition. And I think uh-huh. for whatever reason, they just got the spices and the meat right. They are so amazingly juicy and flavorful. It's the right. best sausage. I, I, I can go to any number of specialty butchers and get their homemade in the back of the store sausage. It's supposed to be so good. And I'll always revert back to a Johnsonville because it's just so right. damn good. Okay. But I also say, like your, your Wawa suggestion, I am a huge proponent of the West Coast gas station and convenience store chain uh, AMPM. Uh, Arco okay. AMPM, which has the best, and I will always say the finest um, version of the the hot case uh, available on the market. Forget 7-Eleven, forget all those other ones. It's all about the AMPM hot case, and they have like a a uh, cheddar sausage that's in there that's, that has like all little right. pieces of cheddar cheese uh, Ooh, okay. stuck in the sausage. That's is that why it's called gas a case? Station, like it's a cheese. Is that what that is? I don't know what a hot case is. It's in that little that, that little glass doored enclosure. Oh, they hot, have hot case. Lights. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking like Kaiser, like a Kaiser burst. <laughs> you know. No. <laughs> no, we're talking about these things have gotcha, been sitting gotcha. under the, a the heat lamp for eight hours. The thing I just described, yes. but didn't know the, the same name thing. of. Okay, okay, I was okay. going to the same level that you were on. Gotcha. gotcha and going gotcha. with my recommendation on that level. So if you're on the West Coast. Find your Arco AMPM. Check out uh, that that cheddar sausage thing they have in there. And it will probably be better than In and Out. It will. Fuck garbage. you. Fuck you so hard. Fuck you so hard. Uh, anyway, Benedict, uh, this, as you are well aware, but the listeners mm-hmm. may not be, uh, is the show be. is the show where we dig down into the last remaining red box. On the the corner outside of the gas station uh, for the final Dude, Where's My Car DVD of Right Wing Thought. I thought it was, I thought you were going with a different metaphor there and you're going to do deal or no deal. No. You're like, it's the last box and we already know what's inside. No, no, no. We're talking about red box. Red box. We rejected, rejected the banker's offer at $100,000 and now we know we're getting one cent. (laughs) No. 
You don't remember Redbox, the DVD rental uh, automated I, vending machine thingy? I don't think that's the thing that we had. Okay, so. Well, you live in the United States, and they still exist here and there. Uh, but yeah, there's these thing, red boxes that uh, that still... I saw one the other day, and that's why it popped into my head uh, okay. to do that this week. I is, think I'm vaguely aware of them through like mass cultural memory, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, like it's a DVD rental vending machine thing that you can use a credit card at. It's really weird. I don't know why they still exist in our modern day, but there are apparently some people who still it's use like one DVDs. one of those things where there's like one in Alaska. Yeah, one still, blockbuster left like... in Alaska. I should have gone for the one blockbuster left in Alaska. <laughs> but we're digging for that right-wing thought. So Benedict, get kicked off this week. Do you have a hot take for us? I do, yeah. And it's it's that tulips are somehow an underrated and overrated flower. You dumb bitch. They are better than people give them credit for these days, but not as good as the Dutch wanted <laughs> them to be in the 17th century, <laughs> when there was a whole economic bubble built around tulips being priced at crazy levels. Yep, yeah, this is pretty crazy shit. Uh, I think there's a dollop <laughs> episode on that if you want to listen to it. Go find out more probably, about yeah. uh, about that. But tulips are perfectly lovely to have in your apartment. I say this as someone who has tulips in my apartment right now. And I am someone who has one plant, singular, in my apartment, uh, which is constantly a risk of dying from me forgetting to water it. So, <laughs> What plant do you have? Is I, it a I cactus? Don't know. No, it's a little green plant. I don't know what it's called. A little green I got plant? It. Okay, I got cool. it, I think, on Amazon, because I, I want something green in my apartment. And it was listed, like the description said, like the easiest plant to keep alive in an apartment. Barely okay. requires sunlight or water. So I'm like, okay, that's the one <laughs> Me. Just like me. Great. Let's go. <laughs> yes. What about you? Have you got a hot take? Yes. Uh, my hot take this week, uh, fresh off the fire, unlike yours usually are. Uh, unity yep. is bullshit. Uh, I know we've all heard plenty of calls for unity over the last week from mainly the right side of the aisle. Um, and everything they're saying is complete bullshit. They don't okay, want unity. So th- b- before, before you dive into this, I think... The way unity is being framed is bullshit. Mm-hmm. I think unity is an admirable goal, but it, I agree. They're, they're, they're saying the wrong people have to meet in the middle. I agree. And if you would have yeah. let me get to my explanation, I would have said right, basically ahead. just that. Uh, because what the right wants is not unity. They do not want the com- country to come together uh, and have accountability for those responsible for the violence over the last couple of weeks. Uh, what they really want is for the left to stop being the left. And the continued and, threat of violence, by the and, way. And they just want to, us to do what Republicans want. That's their idea of unity. Uh, yeah. And we'll get some inklings from some of the clips we're going to play on the show this week of what they really think unity means, which I find uh, We should fantastic. probably tell people about the clip, like the show. Well, I was going to do that today. in the housekeeping segment. But okay. since you so rudely suggested you, it. You brought it up already. You were like the clips <laughs> and people were like, what? They're not reading a book? Yes. Uh, so this week, as we've mentioned over the past couple weeks, uh, we are finished with the second book we were doing. Uh, Greg Jarrett's The Russia Hoax. Uh, and now, because, right, like we said, we're on the, the one-book-a-month schedule, and we're going to be doing um, the new book every two weeks, but we still want to have a weekly show for everyone. But it's, you know, it's a lot of work, um, and someday we may get back to doing a new book review episode every single week, uh, and that depends on uh, more of you becoming patrons and giving us money, as you, as you well should, as you know you should. <laughs> do the right thing. Just kidding. Um, but, you know, when we get to that point, we'll eventually do it. But we still want to have an episode every week. So what we've decided and what we talked about, we've done some test runs of this over on the patron-only episode. So we've done some patron-only episodes uh, where we've done a version of this. And I think we're, it's, a, it's a work in progress. We're going to figure out how this goes as it goes along week by week. We have a mix of opinion pieces and clips 
that I'm going to be reading to Benedict and playing for him. Uh, and we're going to get his unfiltered, uh, unknowing reaction uh, <laughs> to what I have to present to him. Uh, and I think this is another way of doing what the end goal of this show is anyway, which is to find out what is at the core of right-wing thought. Uh, so it's not necessarily all about books, even though this is, this is a book club. Uh, we're going to find out a little bit more from them talking about things. So when we get to the clips, and, and of course these opinion pieces are what we started with originally doing, uh, but a lot of people seem to love the clips a lot. Um, so I think we're going to be doing more of those because it's more interesting to hear them talk and us react, I think, than me reading and Benedict reacting. So I think we're going to have some fun. <laughs> well, you uh, have a lovely voice, though, Kevin. I know. I, it's so upsetting that people don't appreciate this voice. I could do voiceover <laughs> for anime. I could do it. Everybody Find me go, an agent! People write to Kevin and tell him what a lovely voice he has. <laughs> Find me on Twitter, at NYGBCpod. Uh, but Benedict, <laughs> what's on your bookshelf this week? This week I have The Marquis by Laura Adachio. And um, it is isn't about that the Marquis? Mar- I was about to say, isn't it The Marquis? Well, it is. Yes, you're quite right. The Mar- the Marquis de Lafayette is is what it's about. It's a very good, good introduction to the Marquis, as we would call him in English. Um, and I think probably a good thing for people to read in preparation for Mike Duncan's upcoming book, which will also be on my list, but is not out yet. So wonderful, people should read it in advance. I think his book is called A Hero of Two Worlds, which you should pre-order because it's going to be really good wonderful well from me this week uh rather than reading the nonsense we have to read for this show i'm suggesting some good old trashy american paperback reading uh michael connelly is the lincoln lawyer he's you know he's one of those authors that all his books are at costco and uh out in front at barnes nothing wrong with that no he's a very successful guy he writes very entertaining stuff there's not a whole lot of depth to it but it is a fun read sometimes you just want a fun read like that i've read almost all of Connolly's books. Uh, who's you know. the Who's the other law writer? Grisham, John Grisham. John Grisham. Is it, another is it guy, like that? Another guy. I've read almost all of his books. Yeah, yeah. Except Connolly's not a lawyer. He's a former uh, journalist at the LA Times. Um, so yeah, but it's you know similar subject matter. Very entertaining stuff. Give yourself a read. And it was it's the one that was turned into a movie starring Matthew McConaughey. Um, oh, so weird. it's it's very entertaining. It's a great book. Go ahead and check it out. But on to housekeeping this week. First off, rate and review us on iTunes. Make sure to do that. Follow us on the social medias at NYGBCpod. We, of course, have the December patron-only bonus, which was made available about a week, week and a half ago now. Uh, so that's there on the patron-only side. If you want to go check that out, become a patron at uh, patreon.com forward slash NYGBC. And, of course, we have a second one coming for the month of January that'll be coming out closer to the end of, of the month. Uh, we also have the drawing of the winner of... Ben Shapiro's The Right Side of hmm. History, our copies, uh, which is available only for patrons. So if you want to put your name in the hat to win our copies of the books, remember to go over and become a patron. And with that out of the way, Benedict, we have a couple of options this week for you to review. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what they are. First off, we have okay. an opinion piece in townhall.com. Okay. Uh, by Vernon Jones, which is titled, Martin Luther King Jr.'s Legacy is as important to remember as ever. I know that's not a big hint about what it means, but I will tell you that Vernon Jones uh, is the Georgia state senator who uh, spoke at the Republican National Convention in favor of Donald Trump. So, okay. so that gives you an idea. He's the, the Democrat, right. the, the Democratic uh, state senator who flipped and went and supported Donald Trump and thankfully just lost his seat in this last election. Okay. The second one we have is the Conservapedia article 
for Kamala Harris. Kamala, God damn it! Why can't I ever say her name right? Every time. It's because you're, I spend so much time senator. thinking about how the fucking Republicans say it that now it's stuck yeah. in my head. God damn it. But uh, we have the conservative Pedia article for Kamala Harris, uh, which I found incredible. Uh, I think both of these obviously relevant since Martin Luther King mm-hmm. Day this week and, uh, and uh, uh, the inauguration coming up on Wednesday. So, Benedict, I'm going to give you the choice. Which one Ooh, okay. do you want? All right. Um, I would say let's do the. How long is the the MLK piece? Uh, it's not that long. I'd say it's it's uh about a thousand words. Okay, let's do that. We'll do, let's that. do that. All right. We'll but leave. do you want to just read the intro? The, the intro Kamala of the Harris Kamala piece? Harris article, which I love. It goes it goes as follows. Quote: Kamala Devi Harris. Parentheses. Pronunciation. Kamila, spelled C-O-M-M-I-E. Spanish, K-Mala. What? That makes no sense. I have. It does because that means K, like K-Mala is like how bad. Okay, so it's you actually quite funny. I didn't get that, but I'm so glad that you have a degree in Spanish now. It's the first time I've ever... first time it's ever been useful. Yeah. Uh, but it continues: is a racist Democrat senator from California who publicly ridiculed Jamaicans as pleasure-seeking pot smokers and was openly rebuked by her uh, own father. Excuse me, she is the vice president-elect. Yeah, something tells me that uh, Conservapedia's standards for accuracy and independence are not up to those of Wikipedia. Probably not. Nope, nope, not at all. Probably so, not. All right, let's do the MLK piece. We then. go to the MLK piece, and Vernon Jones, as I said, uh, is the Democratic state representative from the Georgia House of Representatives. Was. Was. was uh, yeah. From 2017 I, to I presume he's going to argue uh, for in favor of uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, proposal of democratic socialism to lift people out of poverty and help end racism. Mm. That's I'm looking forward to that. We'll hear how that goes. We'll hear how that goes. That was a vast oversimplification yes. of Martin Luther King's yes. beliefs, by the way. I'm aware of that, but let's And, and again, I am not the sort of person who puts out uh, tweets about MLK on MLK Day because, A, there's way too much depth there to capture in a fucking tweet. And, B, um, I'm just going to let the Republicans say stupid shit and get ridiculed. That's, that's the way to go about it. Because if he yeah. was alive today, Martin Luther King would fucking hate the Republicans. There's no oh, yeah. doubt about that. Uh, yeah. So it begins, quote, As we celebrate the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., let us not forget the principles for which he stood, the okay. sanctity of life and the family. Oh. The importance of violence-free protest and a healthy respect for the Constitution. (sighs) Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a fighter. He believed in fighting tirelessly on behalf of what was right and on behalf of those who could not fight for themselves. That's why I'm convinced Dr. King, like me, would be a Republican if forced to choose between the two major parties. (laughs) If forced, okay, so, like, if forced to choose between the two Uh major parties, that's, like, that's some caveat there for a start. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, he'd most likely be a Democratic Socialist like Bernie Sanders, who caucused with the Democrats. Because, let's be honest, he'd probably be in Congress if he hadn't been assassinated. Um, Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, this... Uh, sanitization of what Martin Luther King was like. Um, this th- and yeah, he was pro nonviolent protest, but he also understood why violent protests happened. Yeah, like he, you know, he's the riot is the language. Riots are the language of the unheard. That's the that's a Martin Luther King quote that Republicans will not trot out today. Um, what was the f- other first thing that you said? 
Uh, the first one was the sanctity of life and the family. Gotcha. gotcha. So this is a, a, a again a pro life pro life argument, of course. presumably. Yep. Good, yep. Good stuff. So yeah, I mean, he was a pastor. So there, there are certain elements within there that, like, yes, every life does matter, and that God God loves all his children. Like, yes. But he probably there, by, did believe by that. no means is do we like. Look, there are plenty of pastors who are pro choice. I mean, yeah, Raphael for example, Warnock, Warnock, for example, yeah. right? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying pastor like, yes. of Martin Luther King's church, right? Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, saying yeah. that that he was he was pro. No, no, that's that's not what I meant. I just meant like, yeah, he he did lo- like. You can be a pro-choice pastor, obviously, and, yep. but like the the you can still preach as Martin Luther King Jr. Yep. did that every every life is important, which is more than Republicans do once people are born. Yep. And I, I, I don't know at all Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, thoughts on abortion. I, I don't know if that was even a big issue for him at the time. I have no idea. Maybe some of our audience members know. I certainly don't. No, uh, I don't. Anyway, but I'm going to say it could that. go either way from where I'm sitting. He continues on. A society is judged by how it treats its most vulnerable. Dr. King's vision yes. of the future is an America where each child, each and every child, has a chance to achieve the American dream by working hard and playing by the rules. No, come on. That's such nonsense. He, That's he such broke nonsense. the fucking rules and accepted the consequences yeah. on purpose. That was his thing. <laughs> it's such a, also like openly acknowledged doing that and also openly, openly acknowledged the fact that People don't start on an equal playing field. Yeah. And sometimes we have to help people to achieve. The state has to help people to achieve. The man was a democratic socialist, whether he called himself that or not, which sometimes he did. Mm-hmm. He continues, though. That's why I'm convinced Dr. King would support school choice and every oh, child wow. and parent's right school to determine choice. their own future and economic outcome. School choice. The That's thing the that argument started on MLK. because MLK was successful. <laughs> And integration of schools. App. I mean, that wasn't totally MLK doing that. You know, that was the 1950s and stuff. But you get what I'm saying, right? He would support yeah, school choice. Part of the yeah, civil sure. Rights movement. Yeah, support support people taking their their children out of the local school because yeah. there were there were too many of those people. Coming Remember, in, like. those school choices were originally created for segregation. That was the purpose of those yeah. schools that sprang up in the South, the private schools, because they could be segregated. Good You're fucking ridiculous. He continues. Dr. King also understood the importance of free and fair elections, as the very existence of democracy depends on a secure voting system. Let us okay. march on ballot boxes until race baiters disappear from the political arena, Dr. King said in March 25th, 1965. Dr. King would spurn today's Democrat Party's radical leftward shift. Dr. King, a man of the cloth himself, would decry the modern Democrat Party's radicalization, radicalization and emerging socialist wing. Pause. Mm-hmm. So, no, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, the Martin Luther King's fight for free and fair elections was to count more votes and allow more people to vote. What happened last week, which is what he is I- I- implying that Martin Luther King would have supported is people trying to exclude votes majoritarily in cities that are made up of people of color and black people in particular. So let's not pretend that Martin Luther King Jr. would have been on the side of those trying to exclude people's votes. Thank you very much. Yes. Also, Martin Luther King Jr., more left-wing than most Americans have been ever. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Uh, so he has a chunk in here in the middle where he's complaining about Biden, uh, saying he, you know, he's bad for black people. He brings up uh, Biden's comments, uh, the "you ain't black" comment, uh, that sort of stuff. I'm going to skip most of that because it's just, it's just, right. it's just complaining. Uh, and get to near the end here. <laughs> Isn't that the whole article? Yeah. We're going to skip most of that because it's just complaining. Like if, if that's every right wing book we've read, Kevin. Yes, yes. And get to the end here, which ends quote: "Let's pray that President-elect Joe Biden, along with Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, and the entire in." administration offers a message of unity and togetherness uh, to ensure uh, the tens of millions of Americans who feel left out and forgotten are included in the national dialogue as we move forward as Did a we nation. do that for all the people Did Donald that Trump like they fucking gonna... do yeah, that exactly. with the no. millions more who voted against him than voted for him? I don't no. think so. I really you don't know. think so. There's there's you a little more the to answer. end it, but it's just it's just puffery that doesn't matter. I thought yep. it was uh, relevant given MLK Day is here to uh, go through one of those. I think that was well, a compete. I mean, fair enough. All right, what's next? So, Bring it on. What's next on deck? Next, we have three video clips to go through this All week. Right. So I've got three options for you. I'm going to let you choose uh, using our usual system of you guessing based on a number which one we're going to start with. So one through okay. three, which one? Do how you long? Want? How long is each one? Uh, our first one is about 13 minutes. Oh, uh, we have another long. one. Uh, it's 30 minutes, but we don't. We're not going to do the whole thing. There's just a portion at the beginning uh, that okay. I want to go to, and then we have a, a one that is about five minutes. Okay. Uh, let's do the the 30 minute intro one first. Okay. So that is. Uh, and you just broke the rules because you didn't give me a number. You 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 found a I way to coerce me into giving you information and, <laughs> and going through it. So uh, this is a clip from the Next Revolution with Steve Hilton Ooh, uh, okay. from uh, the seventeenth, which was uh, which is Sunday. So, are you aware of Steve Hilton at all? Not really. No, he is a British guy. You're going to hear his oh, accent. Good. It's pretty apparent. Okay. Uh, he was a former. Uh, uh, strategy director for David Cameron. Uh, oh, fun! Yes, yes. So, uh, and he has some interesting things to say here. Well, and uh, he has a Fox News show. That's what it is. The the next revolution. Uh, and he looks like Moby with leukemia. Uh, is what it oh looks no! Like. So we'll begin this one. January the sixth is driven by one goal: an effort by America's ruling elite to smear, silence, and ultimately destroy the populist movement for years. We've argued here for positive populism, pro-worker, pro-family, pro-community, pro-America. Mm. So socialism. He's argued for socialism. If he was really no, pro those things, actually if he was really pro those things, he'd be arguing for socialism. Yeah, but th this is all how, also how fascists twist those things into right. fascism, right? That's the... Absolutely. Fasc but... Fascism is also popular... Pop like po they would argue it was positive populism like yes yes happening in this country a virus response that's led to a takeover by big government big bureaucracy and big business the big tech takeover we need positive populism now <laughs> breaking more all than ever. Rules. and america needs a strong united republican party to make it happen taking back it's just buzzwords. Yep. Right. I mean, yep. that's all it is. Like, what what does positive populism mean? Nothing. It like, means absolutely what, what, nothing. What is what is a pro worker policy in your mind? Uh, in this, tax in this guy's cuts mind. for the rich. Tax cuts. Yeah. For the rich. Okay. Cool. Trickle down economics. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Great. Congress cool. at the end of next year taking back the White House in 2024. That all starts now. There's no time for a Republican civil war. We know what works. We know what people want. They want positive Posit populism. They no, they don't. No. It lost a bunch of elections. 
Well, look, they've, they've never known what the people want, right? By which I mean the majority of Actual the Actual working people, yeah. <laughs> they know what their rabid base wants, which is yeah. fucking Donald Trump and his, I, I wouldn't call what he did, what even this guy's version of positive populism. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's Donald Trump red meat throwing, race baiting, all that shit that yeah. Donald Trump does. Well, That's the, what the I mean, it's the, it's the everything is wrestling thing, isn't it, that you always go on about? Well, that I, that I stole from Eli Bosnick. Yes, everything yeah, is wrestling. Sure. Everything is wrestling. And they want the Trump agenda that built a new multiracial working class coalition. Oh, did it now? Oh, did it build a multiracial coalition? <laughs> yeah. So here's, here's the other thing. I think I think we look too much at the the swing in votes for Trump. Mm-hmm. amongst like communities of color and they're like oh he gained 10 percent compared to 2016 like yeah because in 2016 he got five percent <laughs> and this time he got six percent so yeah. let's not like let, i do let's find that hilarious that i find card. that pretty hilarious that republicans will try and are you know wait they 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 troll out their their tokens their obvious tokens the uh, uh candace owenses of the world and, and michelle malkins uh and try and pretend that they have widespread support among minority communities despite the fact that they have overwhelmingly lost every minority in the united states uh with Except their for obvious floridian racism. floridian hispanic people. right which well they still got less than 50 percent right it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter if you got uh like you said 15 percent this time versus five percent last time you don't get to claim a multiracial coalition when that coalition is 90 percent white that's not a multiracial coalition. No. <laughs> okay. By delivering the best economy in history, by lifting up working people, by, by giving measurement? hope. These are, well, they're all buzzwords. None of that it's, means yeah. anything. No, you're right. You're None right. of that Take means around. anything. Of sitting Carry around on. and looking as the economy goes gradually upward as it always does, no matter what you do until I mean, something stock, bad the happens. Stock market, yeah. Right. Stock market, yeah. Right. There's, there's no, the GDP increase, but it didn't do so at anything. Uh, deviating significantly from what it did in the previous eight years under Obama. Yeah. There was nothing to show. Seven years. Yeah. The first year of Obama was a, a disaster as the financial crisis unfolded. Right. But yes. But they have no claim to there being a great economic boom or doing anything Shift, for the no. workers. They have no claim for any of that. To those left behind. But in Washington, they've turned a moment of national unity disgust with and condemnation of the riot at the Capitol into more anger, hate, and division. They impeach- what? Sorry, is this about the impeachment? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's where we were going with this. We're going Good to the stuff. impeachment. Good stuff. The president again, after January the 6th, they said, Trump must be removed from office immediately because he is a clear and present danger. We can't even yeah. wait till the end of his term. But if he's an immediate danger, why do they wait a week? Their article of impeachment says Trump's speech incited the riot. But they're yeah. also saying it was pre-planned by organized militias. So this shows one of the arguments that has emerged in the last week since we recorded yeah. last that I wanted to highlight a little bit, which they're, they're harping on, which is that the events at the Capitol were pre-planned, which mm-hmm. is not a point in their favor. Absolutely not. No. It is, no. it is in also, support of the argument. Trump being like, wait and s- tweeting repeatedly, wait and see what happens on January 6th. Yes. Essentially tweeting, fuck around and find out. Like, he tweeted at them, hey, the 6th is the day, y'all. The 6th yeah. is the day. 
Yeah. That's why they planned for the 6th. That's yeah. why they printed hoodies that said MAGA Civil War January 6th, 2021. That's why they had time to do that. And it's all. Yep. And I will also say that I disagree with what I see a lot of the Democrats doing, which is arguing that it's all about Trump's speech on the day of, which I, I disagree with. I, I think the, the speech was bad, obviously. There was shit in it that was horrible um, that obviously you know propelled these people towards violence. But what's worse, in my mind, is all the events leading up to that, the two months of arguing that the election was stolen, that it was rigged, that yeah. there was all this fraud, that the Democrats are corrupt and they are stealing this country from you. They, are they want to destroy this country. And put on top of that, the last two decades of the right wing screaming that the left are all socialist, commie, Antifa, who want to take away your Jesus and make freedom illegal. And then <laughs> telling them the people who are doing that are in that building right there. Yeah, that's what led to this moment. It was something that was inevitable. It was bound to happen. When, and I talked about this. I don't remember if it was on our patron only episode or on our episode last week about how I think the reason why the divide is impossible to breach, the divide is impossible to bring back together is because they have spent so much time demonizing the left as evil, whereas the left looks at them not so much as evil as deluded. <laughs> I think from our side, the divide could be closed, but I don't think it could be from their side when a lot of them, my family included, believe the other side to be legitimately evil. Yeah. If it was pre-planned, how did the speech incite it? Well, their allies. Just because that. he said, come here on the 6th. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> because he told them all the shit was bad, it was stolen, and then he said, come here on the 6th for this speech. That's how. And then told them to go to the Capitol in big tech, exploited all this to silence conservatives. <laughs> Google and Apple delisted Parler. Amazon shut it down. Partisan censorship from Facebook and Twitter. It wasn't sincere concern about violence. Yes. Yes, it was. I will say it was, yeah. that the tech companies in the last few days, as much as they deserve all the hatred and anger that they get, they deserve every last bit of it from everyone except for these douchebags, uh, have done a relatively good job in the days since the capital uh, violence uh, to try and clean up the sort of stuff that inspired it. Twitter, Facebook, Amazon, with a, taking uh, Parler off their service, and they have very legitimate reasons for doing so. Parler flat out refused to do anything about the people who were planning violence on their platform. They yeah. said they would put together a working group to look at the issue. That is not enough. They, ha they are completely irresponsible. No, and they were warned several times before as well. It wasn't like a, it wasn't out of the blue. Right. They were completely irresponsible, and all these companies, if they get sued, are going to win. They're going to knock it out of the park. There's no question in my mind. When it's violence they approve of, they not only allow it, they promote it, the as Twitter did with the riots yeah. last year that killed at least 30 people. If it's violence that helps them... Okay, I've heard so many different numbers that they've just yeah, spouted nice. out of their ass about how many people were killed by all these riots. Uh, best I can find, uh, based on my little bit of research, tops three people is all I can find. The way they get to their numbers is by including things like that guy who went and shot a cop. Um, right, stuff like that, and claiming that those are part of the BLM protests, which is bullshit, yeah. obvious bullshit. It's their business. They're fine with it. Here's Facebook's Sheryl Sandberg on Monday. We have clearly established principles that say you cannot call for violence. 
Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, that's the extent of the clip he plays. Great. I love stuff. how short that fucking clip is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm bored of this guy now. That's you're bored of this on. guy? Oh, yeah. man. You're killing my vibe. You're killing my vibe. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're bored, um, we will move on. So, you know, he continues on like that for a while. He it's basically just goes into complaining about tech and censorship and all the stuff we've heard over the last week uh, out yep. of the right. So let's go to Lindsey Graham on all Fox right. News Sunday with Maria Bartiromo. Uh, this okay. is the Sunday Morning Futures show. We're going to play an extensive bit of this because this is, uh, you know, uh, Lindsey Graham, I think it's interesting to hear him talk uh, and turn so quickly from what he was <laughs> saying a mere week ago. Okay. And first this morning, a new page turned in America as the peaceful transfer of power will take place Wednesday morning with the inauguration of President-elect Joe Biden. Biden's aides say that he will take executive action within the first 10 days in office to return the United States to the Paris Climate Accord and put a new mask mandate in place after spending uh, trillions with that blowout spending package announced. So I should have skipped through all this, the little intro she's going to do before we actually get to Lindsey Graham. Uh, but it's it's coming up here really quick. It's so. uh, well, hold on. Also, the I mean, he didn't spend trillions. No, the, he's not in office yet. <laughs> exactly. Well, they're talking about his one point nine trillion spending plan, uh, which includes some fucking. I got to say, you and I have talked a lot in the past about Joe Biden not being as progressive as we want. But coming <laughs> out of the gate with a fifteen dollar minimum wage. Um, yeah, good stuff. Pretty fucking fantastic. I, I yeah, gotta say. love that. And it goes and, to the point and blocking the Keystone Pipeline. Good. Right. And it, it, I got to say, it goes to, I think, what I've been saying all along, which is at least the left, we can work with. They are yep. open to hearing from the actual majority of the people because that's who they represent. Uh, so I think this is this shows, I mean, we got to keep putting pressure over the next four years and see what happens. But they're like, this is, this is a good opening. Good opening chess move here. Yep. Announced last week. Joining me right now with a reaction to the new president and policies of South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. Senator, it's good to see you this morning. Thanks very much for being here. Will you be going to the inauguration, and what should we expect? Uh, we should expect a peaceful transfer of power. I will be there. Great. I think it's important that I show up, and we'll have a new president Wednesday. And was it? Didn't Lindsey thing... Graham loved Joe Biden, right? He, like they he were... did that whole tearful speech about how he was the best person he knew, and blah 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 blah. Yeah, they were very close friends, and I think that friendship has obviously fractured. Uh, Soured, yeah. Yeah, which is sad. And and you know, a lot of people, and something I always resist, uh, but people people put out on our side a lot. I think. Um, is this desire to hate everyone on the other side and to demand that everyone on your side hate them too? Yeah. Um, I despise Lindsey Graham, but I'm not going to demand that Joe Biden hate Lindsey Graham. When you spend no. enough time working with someone, you're going to develop friendships. That's just the way it is. Um, and I'm not going to be angry at someone for being friends with someone who has opposing ideals to them. First thing he does is go back into the Paris Climate Accords. That's a disaster for the U.S. economy. Their it's accords not. basically it literally give China doesn't and India pass on their carbon emissions. Nope, and how do you enforce a national mass mandate? So if that's what he's going to lead off with, he's going to going to have a tough rollout of his presidency. Why? And and well, because those aren't right wing things. And Lindsay, but it doesn't matter. Like who cares? Like, I, it, that's not a tough rollout of his presidency. It's an like it's an executive action or an executive order, which is exactly what is how Trump governs. Well, but to be fair, everything that Biden does is going to be challenged immediately uh, by the courts. And given that Trump has been able to stack the courts uh, during his time as president. 
um, yeah, Biden's gonna have a more difficult time. We're gonna see more pushback against executive action from the very jurists who promote executive action and accept it when Republicans are in power. So we're gonna see a lot of issues there. I'm going to get back to uh, Joe Biden in a moment. I know that you had a message for President Trump this morning, Senator. So his message for Trump. Yeah, uh, Mr. President, uh, your policies will stand the test of time. Nope. You're the most important <laughs> figure in the Republican <laughs> Party. You can shape the direction of the party, keep your movement alive. We need to understand uh, that uh, these are difficult times. I appreciate what you did Thursday. There are a lot of people urging the president to pardon folks who participated in defiling the Capitol, the rioters. I don't care if you went there and spread flowers on the floor. You breached the security of the Capitol. You interrupted a joint session of con- uh, Congress. You tried to intimidate us all. You should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of, uh, of the law. And to seek a pardon of these people would be wrong. It would be, I think it would destroy President Trump. And uh, I hope we don't go down that road. They So... To begin there, there right? are there are rumors that, that he is going to pardon a bunch of them, right? That's the right, and and the rumor right now is we're gonna we can expect you know several hundred pardons coming soon. We'll see how that goes. But I I want to highlight Lindsey Graham pivoting from what he said on the floor of the Senate on the sixth after everything happened. This is enough. We're done with it. Let's just finish this. Yeah. And now, again, back to bootlicking, back to saying, oh, Mr. President, you're the leader of the Republican Party. You can do so much good. You're in charge. We love you so much. Just the absolute, the, 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 what do you expect? I don't even want to say the worst. It's what you expect from Lindsey yeah. Graham at this point. They chose to go into that Capitol, defile the Capitol. President Trump never said, go into the Capitol and try oh, to interrupt yes, he did. a joint session he of said, Congress. He said, let's go, that let's march the to the Capitol. They made, they made. To be fair, because you know my big thing is pushing for accuracy. I, I am a stickler, stickler for accuracy. He said, go down to the Capitol. I think that statement in and of itself is enough, given that he knew or should have known the lunatics in his crowd. That he shouldn't yeah. have done that. He shouldn't have, have organized but this event in the beginning. But he wanted them to do that. Is the, like, that's the thing. Exactly. I I understand that. We know he sat around on his ass watching TV gleefully as everything went down uh, and, you know, refusing to send in the National Guard, all that sort of shit. Uh, Fuck him. Fuck him forever. And they need to live with that choice. The president obviously tried to uh, send messages here because many of his supporters <laughs> continue to believe there was fraud in the election. I and wonder they why. Feel robbed, Senator. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, you can feel any way you want to. Uh, there was irregularities in uh, mail-in voting. No. No, there no. fucking wasn't. Well, remember, he, he called the Georgia Secretary of State and asked him to do the same thing Trump did. Right. Essentially, but there just isn't a recording of it. Right. Like, but, you know, I just, I, I got to throw in there that, no, there wasn't any irregularities. There have been lies no. about irregularities. That's yeah. it. There are no Claims. fucking irregularities. If there were irregularities, they'd be able to point to them. Instead, the best they have is fucking conspiracy theorists and fake experts that Sidney Powell has put forward that yeah. have been just hilariously proven to be know-nothing morons, all those idiots. 66,000 people under 18 did not vote in Georgia. Uh, you did and then not he goes to say that Trump's claim direct claims are false. In Arizona, yeah. the election is over. The Electoral College certified the elections. I'm disappointed in the outcome. I wish he had, would, would have won. I appreciate what the president said Thursday. We reject violence. His movement is not about violence. Nope. It is about it's absolutely, absolutely about, about violence. Uh, policy. It is now time to move on to Joe Biden. You talk about unifying the country. 
If you do not stand up against the, the impeachment of President Trump after he leaves office, you're an incredibly weak figure in American history. <laughs> so this is the quote that's been going around everywhere on social media that everyone's been talking about. Lindsey Graham saying that Biden needs to stand up against the impeachment. And this is where my unity is bullshit moment comes from uh, yeah. for this week's episode. This is their idea of unity, of letting us so get away with everything. Yeah. And while we are going to, I have no doubt, during the, the Biden administration, do everything they can to spread lies about things that happen, to claim there are conspiracies that are going on, if they end up getting any sort of power, opening up investigations into all sorts of nonsense, whatever the next uh, Benghazi they can come up with is, that's their idea of fucking unity. And it's bullshit. Because and I, I, I agree with everyone who's been saying, no unity without accountability. Unity requires accountability. And I legitimately yep. believe that we would be well served if we had a truth and reconciliation uh, commission put together following the Trump administration. I leg and that's something you hear usually hear about in war zones and apartheid regimes. I legitimately think it is something the United States could benefit from at this moment because there's been so much corruption in this administration. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. President Trump is trying to heal the nation, no. pursuing impeachment after he leaves the office will further divide the country. It will ruin the start of It sounds of like he's reading a hostage uh, Joe video. Biden. Yeah. You need to stand <laughs> That's up how he the looks radical too. left and tell Schumer to, to dismiss what I think is an unconstitutional attempt to impeach President Trump out of office. So that's all I wanted to play uh, from Lindsey Graham there. That's all that I wow. found interesting in what he had to say. Yeah, um, that's a yeah. Lot. yeah, they're going to argue that it was uh, it's unconstitutional to impeach him after he's out of office, which there is clear precedent for. We've done it to other uh, officials in the past after they've left office. Not the president, though. Not the president, but there's no difference. There, there's no it's, difference. It, it annoys me so much and, when people use process to get away with things. Right. Like, yeah, what he did was wrong, but you know what? You, the clock ran out, so who cares? Like, you can't do anything now. Like, just well, do it. And I would also point out for Republicans who love the founders so much uh, that John Adams notoriously said that he could be impeached until the day he died. Uh, so tough. that, yep, there, there's your quote there. John Should Adams didn't, uh, didn't own any slaves, though. No. So no, he was the, the only good founder. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we get to our last piece of the day and because as everyone knows next week we are going to be starting our review of Glenn was that, Beck was that the interview by the way um, where he said that they would like dig up George Washington and impeach yes. him that, that was where my John Adams yes. joke yes. came from yes that's what it is that's what it is okay, uh, by the way if uh, we ever have a president in the future who owns slaves uh, I don't really have a problem with impeaching them no uh, immediate I impeachment <laughs> I don't think that'd be a bad idea. Uh, but we get to our last clip. And like I said, because we are starting next week, our review of Glenn Beck's Arguing with Socialists, which uh, Benedict has now received and I'm sure is delighted by how it's, ridiculous it's, it's it is. It's got a rather fantastic cover, I have to yes, tell you. Yes, yes. Uh, I figured we'd end off the day with a Glenn Beck clip. This is from the Glenn Beck program, um, his radio show. But the I, I'm confused exactly by what his, his thing is because it's all on the blaze. Um, and he puts all these videos on YouTube. And I think this is just video they take during the recording of his radio program. That's what it looks it like to me. It probably is. That's how most radio shows right. go. Because he also has a TV program that he does on The Blaze, uh, his horribly unsuccessful, as far as I can tell, um, network. So this is from his radio program. Um, 
I believe, I don't remember what day this came out, but we'll get started with it. You're going to hear another voice through this, uh, and that is his producer, Steve Bergieri, um, who is, is basically like a, you know, a sidekick on the show. Okay. So there are 10 <laughs> uh, uh, pretty intense. I got to say right off the bat, that is sparkling audio quality. <laughs> I, 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 when I listened to that for the first time, I was like, holy shit, that is... That is a clear fucking voice. That is I want, clear as hell. Whatever right. microphone setup he's got, I want it. Because, damn, that sounds good. All right, let's go. Intense executive uh, orders that are coming on day one um, that I... Lots uh, of ums. I think, you know, are very, oh, yeah. very uniting. Uh, he's going to cancel the uh, oil pipeline. That, that's another thing. When I, I've listened to a lot of Glenn Beck over the last week or so as I've been preparing to get into the Glenn Beck book uh, and put together our intro episode, which is going to have a lot of clips and stuff. When he's not going off on a rant, uh, which he often does, or have something you know pre-scripted and planned like he did on his old TV show where he'd have his blackboard, um, he is very much a um-uh kind of guy. Nothing pausing. wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, with being introspective. You can thoughts. do that, but he he's, doesn't have the fire that he usually has. Quick thing. Um, here you go. That's a nice arm for uh-huh. Uh, the Keystone Pipeline being cancelled. Not a divisive issue, nope. necessarily. A- only a divisive issue because you've made it this weird culture war thing. Yeah. That we have to defend the oil barons. <laughs> 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 only a divisive issue because a minority of the country supports it. Yeah. Yep. He's the Keystone. He's going to cancel, uh, or sorry, he's going to rejoin the Paris Accords. Again, who cares? So we got that going for us. Um, he is. I love the, so we got that going for us. Yeah. <laughs> which I just feel like he, I don't know if he meant to quote Caddyshack, but I wanted him to follow it with that, which is nice. <laughs> I wanted it to. But there's nothing, like, again, it's not a divisive thing. It's a set of aspirational goals is the Paris Climate Accord. There's nothing binding to right. it. It's but just it goes really like, back wait. to their idea of unity, which is whatever yeah. Republicans are in power, they can do everything they want, which the majority of the country absolutely abhors. And when the left is in power, we need to be centrists. The That's their idea of unity. Is extending the eviction freeze. What? Is that divisive? Okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think extending the eviction freeze is is the right answer. I mean, why? What are these people going to do? Is the so they're going to get evicted later. So no, they ideally get their jobs back and can pay them pay pay rent. Right. Right. I mean, and honestly, they should cancel cancel rent for people that can't afford it right now. The government should step in and help. Right. And there's two things there. One of them is that. Uh, Beck, as we'll talk about when we get into him, really, is a paleo-libertarian. Doesn't believe the government should do anything, right? Seems like uh, willful misunderstanding of what it means as well, though. Very much. He's very much one of those contracts or everything kind of guys, right? That's mm. his idea of how everything should work. That paleo-libertarian bullshit. Uh, the other oh. part, the other two parts of it really are, one, what he's talking about with the extension of the uh, uh, eviction freeze it does two things. One, like you said, yes, it gives them time to hopefully get their jobs back, hopefully get some money and be able to actually make payments. That's the one thing. The other part of it is it's the middle of fucking winter and to evict them would put them on the streets in the fucking yeah. cold. I've yeah, talked that's plenty- the thing. Like they, they can't pay rent right now because they don't have the money to pay rent. And it's not like they can go, oh, I'll find another apartment because they don't have money. 
Right. Like I've, I've said before that I spent the last semester of law school working in a clinic which, attempt, which helps people in landlord and tenant court. Uh, I represented clients in landlord and tenant court. Uh, and so I've had a lot of contact with these sorts of people who, if we didn't have the eviction freeze in place, would be in a lot of trouble, would be out on the fucking streets. Because especially when you get to public housing, there are a lot of restrictions. And a lot of these people who live in public housing, all their friends and family are in public housing. There are a yeah. lot of restrictions on allowing guests to stay in your apartment in public housing. So these people don't have anywhere they could go. They would literally be put out on the street. And that's the idea of extending the freeze. At the very least, we can hopefully find a way to solve this in the coming months. And we need to. This is going to be a major crisis coming soon. Mm -hmm. This is very much going to be a huge issue. So we, at the very least, I think doing something like, uh, you know, uh, freezing um, evictions for people who are living in public housing, something like that, which you could probably do uh, relatively easily from the federal government perspective. I think yep. that'd be pretty, pretty simple to do. Uh, there are things we do. I, anyway. Glenn Beck's full of shit. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. His idea is just kick him out on the curb. He says he doesn't think that's the answer, but he doesn't, doesn't propose an any sort of answer for it. Yeah, no. classic. What are these people going to do? They don't have jobs. Here's How are they going to pay that's all of that money back? Um, he says he's got his COVID relief package, which he says is going to give millions to the American people. Oh, really? 350 million? And you're going to... So this is where he just gets off on a tangent about how Biden said it's going to give millions to the American people and each person will not be getting a million dollars. Okay. That's <laughs> the level of dumb. That's where we're we at. Have okay, this. good yes. good stuff. Yes. Let's hear it. You're going to give millions to us. No, no, no. Uh, that package would probably be a little bigger. Well, wasn't the entire package 1.9 trillion? Just the 1.9 yeah. trillion. 1.9 Not trillion. Not 3.9 trillion. No. Or 8.9 trillion. No. Just They're trying to do the math on how much money it would take to give every American a million dollars. <laughs> they should honestly. They should do that. They should just give me, give us all a million. Dollars. Oh, can you imagine how much our economy would be fucking stimulated if everyone was an overnight millionaire? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck but the, the we understand we understand inflation everybody please don't yes. write to us yes i know but that other guy that's uh that's the uh, sidekick who you heard coming gotcha. in there just 1.9 trillion dollars do you remember when it used to be controversial when we had 700 billion dollar stimulus packages yeah now it's two trillion and no then even, nobody even bats an eye mm. Um, he's saying that he's going to require I mean, mask you wearing. You are batting on... an eye. Yes, I know. Because remember, the debt and the deficit matter again now that Trump is out yeah, of office. Yes, that's true. All federal land and all federal buildings. Um, mask maybe. He is uh, mm -hmm. going to impose a, a broader mandate uh, on uh, on COVID. He's going to introduce the 100-day mask. That's That's a good fucking question. That's a good fucking question. I honestly don't know. And that's that's what I thought was instructive about this um, this little clip here is the, the shit they're trying to make divisive. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, the, the spending package, I guess you could argue, is divisive because if you're a libertarian, you don't want the government to spend money. I even like... understand the Keystone Pipeline, how they could claim it's divisive because they're all still stuck on fucking oil. Um, I understand claiming that's divisive from their point of view. Masks? I have no fucking clue. Mandating no. masks on public land and in public... Climate in, accords? Don't yeah, know. Yeah, that makes no fucking sense. Masking challenge. 
Uh, he's saying by executive order on day number one or two, he will grant 11 million uh, illegals amnesty and make them citizens. Great fucking thing. Uh, and he's not claiming he'll make them citizens. He'll provide a pathway for citizenship. Yeah, as always. Uh, he is going to uh, put an end to the travel ban yep. from dangerous countries. Uh, ah, yes. He is joining the Paris Accords. He said that. Uh, right. Roughly a dozen actions on his first day to make the government function for the people. He is also going to strengthen by American provisions and Fine. through executive order mandate a fifteen dollar uh, uh, minimum wage. Good again, not for everybody, but just what he can control is the way he keeps right. saying that. Okay, I do like that that the fucking sidekick is coming in and telling Glenn that he's strawmanning what's actually going on yeah, here. Right, trying to trying to moderate. Glenn. I do like that. Right, so yeah, there are, good. and he is right. Got to be honest are, with each other, Kevin. I will always tell you if you're wrong. If Biden mandates a $15 minimum wage through executive order, it's going to be severely limited. It's going to be to government jobs, things that he can control. Uh, but he is, you know, proposing that we pass a bill that will put in place a nationwide $15 minimum wage. Last I checked, uh, which is fucking fantastic. Uh, but yeah. of course, and also like the states often do take their cue from the federal government as well. So if sure. he does, if he leads by example, then maybe more states will be like, yeah, we should do this because it's not fair. And some states won't because of the culture war bullshit and whatever. But and some states are already there. Some states are ahead of the government. But this is always how it works. If you move the median enough, then it's the Overton window, isn't it? Like if the federal government starts paying people $15 minimum wage, then people have more of an incentive to do it because all of a sudden, like... Your neighbors are making more than you if you if they work in a federal job, right? And and, and, and people are going to be applying for those federal jobs exactly, rather than exactly. the state jobs, and they want to attract the better applicants. It's it's that shit, yeah. It's almost as though labor is a commodity, ah. and if, <laughs> if we treat it as such and give it the protections that we give to other things, then uh, then things end up better. It's almost like profits almost- are the unpaid wages of the working class. <laughs> Which is an interesting thing. I mean, the mass mandate is though is is ridiculous. Uh, you know, so that's wow. so much time the talking. That's, about that's, that's the one. That's the ridiculous year. one. And you know, I spent some time last year in Florida, which has no mask mandate. And and the, if you t- listen to anybody in Texas, especially on the right, all they will tell you is Greg Abbott is the worst human being on earth because he has right. a mask mandate. Right. I mean, I, wow. again, like that's I bizarre. look at Texas as relatively very pro freedom on these things, and but they do have a mask mandate here now. Is he enforcing a mask mandate? That's no. a totally different question. Uh, I, I doubt they they've handed out one. So the rest of the clip is just complaining about mask mandates. And talking about, well, why does California have worse cases than Florida when Florida doesn't have a mask mandate and California does? Despite the fact that California has far more people and uh, they live closer to each other and they live in big cities and all the sort of reasons that lead to cases spiking when you have more people in a confined space near each other all the time. Uh, Not doing masks and paying attention and being careful, yeah. But I, uh, I thought that was a good little introduction to the thought (sighs) process of Glenn Beck. I cannot wait. We're going to get a lot more next week when we do our introduction to the Glenn Beck book. It might be a slightly longer episode uh, than people are typically used to because there's a there is so much to talk about with Glenn Beck. Okay. And I think it I think next week's next week's the Ben Shapiro wrap up. Glenn Beck. Ben Shapiro wrap up slash Glenn Beck intro. Oh, I see. OK, OK. Yes. So I think I think Glenn Beck. I'm excited we're doing his book. 
I think part of the reason why it's so important is he is sort of the uh, the libertarian leader-ish, I think, these days, more so than like fringe people like Alex Jones or Ron Paul. Uh, Glenn Beck is the more modern um, uh, encapsulation of the libertarian movement. Remember, he was heavily involved with the Tea Party and all that back when he was on Fox Remember News. Remember when he did that whole apology tour? Yep, he has, he has doubled back from that very quickly. Yep. He is back on the Trump train all the way, all the way. Uh, so I don't expect any real contrition out of Glenn Beck. But that's it for this week's episode. We went a little longer than we'll probably do in these interstitial episodes uh, in the future. I think we're going to try and keep them to 30 or 45 minutes just to make it easier on me and Benedict because uh, we have to you know, put all this stuff together. I have to do a lot of research to find the clips and things. So we'll probably be a little bit shorter in the future. But since this is the first time we're doing it, I wanted to go a little long. And if you have ideas for things you want us to read or clips you want us to play, uh, please feel free to send those to us uh, either on Twitter at NYGBCPod. Uh, and please make it a link to somewhere where I can easily get it, uh, like uh, Facebook or YouTube, or not Facebook, but YouTube or something where I can easily get it for the show. Um, or you can send it to the email, Benedict at gmail.com. But that's it! For this week's episode, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. I keep saying episode. I don't know you why. You did yeah, twice in a row. I know. I don't this, know why this, I'm This week's that. episode is episode. brought to you by... Yes. Uh, remember, if you, I'm sounding like all the uh, anime podcasters I've ever listened to. <laughs> uh, that's not to say I hate anime podcasters, but there's a voice thing going on there. If you can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $2 an episode. For patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, drawings to win our copies of the books we read, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Megan Ruth, Savia Kino, Glaurung the Deceiver, Danielle, just barely outrunning being pecked to death by lame ducks, Becky Scott Fairley, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, AJ Brantley, Taru Takanen, Skeptical Seventh, and Andrew Jenko. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, beware the bat. Goodbye. Goodbye. Podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.